bro. I'm over here counting this bread. I keep the faces down. It don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter. <laughs> it's just like sometimes you have to move to the money. Because you, you, money is it's like the money is like a woman, bro. Money will do what it has to do, but it don't want to work too hard to get it done. You feel me? So you gotta meet it halfway there. <laughs> like that's like the easiest way I can say it. You feel me? Speaking of which, this my CFO calling. That means you back, bro. Peace, what's going on? How much? That's it? I guess. <laughs> All right, sound like a plan. Well, let's get to it. But with no further ado, I would like to introduce you all from to this brother from very far away right now. He's actually from the States, but he just came here from Belgium, Dr. Madi Hill. Funny enough, I became one. 
because her whole thing was that everything we needed to provide for ourselves was provided in the earth. God had already established all we needed to heal the body in the earth. And so she didn't believe in doctors, and she lived in 91 when she made her transition. She lived a very full life. And so those kind of principles really set me off on my path to really know more about medicine. As a kid, I was very sick. Had, you know, allergies, asthma, constantly in and out of the hospital. Ended up developing a very rare sinus uh, bone infection. I was the only third known case in the U.S. at the time when I was diagnosed. Uh, missed my whole eighth grade year of uh, education due to me being in the hospital, fighting off this very aggressive, dangerous fungal infection, and no one could explain to me why, how did I acquire it. It's typically the, the only two cases that previously they had, had experience with were two people who had compromised immune systems. One was a little 10-year-old uh, boy who was suffering from leukemia, and he was getting chemotherapy and these things, so his immune system was very weak and he developed this infection. The other gentleman was a 22-year-old who had HIV. I didn't have any of these things, no history of it, but yet I acquired it. And so that set my path on to really understand this body. Because I really felt helpless as this 13-year-old kid basically having a team of 24 doctors poke, prod, and all kind of test on me. And literally my life was in their hands. And that was a very, very uh, horrible feeling that my life is in someone else's hands. I don't have control of my whole life. So that started my path off. I initially started out studying Chinese medicine. Took me to LA to do that. And while I was there, I was working for a doctor in infertility in Beverly Hills. And I saw that what I was learning in Chinese medicine, I needed more. I really needed to understand how this body works from a Western standpoint. I was getting all this beautiful, brilliant knowledge from an Eastern philosophy, but I wanted to know biochemistry. I wanted to know anatomy and physiology on the level that is taught here in this U.S. So that made me look into the medical professional fields that we have. And we have four major medical professions here in this country. We all are familiar with the MDs. They're called allopathic doctors. We also have DOs who are called osteopathic doctors. Then we have our chiropractors, and then we have naturopathic medical doctors. So out of the four major medical professions here, the one that made most sense to me that integrated and fused both holistic and conventional was naturopathic medicine. And so, packed up in LA, moved to Arizona, went through four years of medical school there, and afterwards, uh, that's when my true education began. And I started working with people. And I learned very quickly that as a doctor, I can't cure you of anything. I want to repeat that again. As a doctor, I cannot cure you of anything. The power that created the body heals the body. And the best thing that I can do as a physician is help guide and facilitate that power. And even better yet, empower you to do it for yourself. So that's part of my mission of really putting the power of health back into the hands of people. Because ultimately, you're the only one responsible for your health. And so now we think about the concept of wealth. And the subject matter of what I want to share with you all this morning is that truthfully, your health is your first wealth. You can go make all the money you desire in this world. Everyone in here right now could be billionaires. But if your heart is in 
cardiac failure. It doesn't matter. If your kidneys are failing you and you're on dialysis, it doesn't matter. So, what we have to understand is, at this point, in our society, with everything that's going on, your health needs to be in your hands and not the hands of me or any other physician on this planet, period. So y'all ready to get into some stuff? Yeah. Okay. Alright. So, I want to lay down some ground rules as far as some definitions to kind of help you all understand uh, what we're going to be discussing. So, health, as it's defined, is a state of being free from illness or injury. And when I qualify the word health, I'm not just talking about the physical body, because you're more than just this physical body temple that you occupy. You have an emotional body to who you are, you have a mental body, you have a spiritual body, etc. So when we talk about health, we speak about who you are holistically, who you are comprehensively. Not just what's going on with this physical form. This, this is actually a major part of it, but it's not all of it. And I'm going to show you some things as we go through this uh, presentation here, how your mind and how you're thinking and what you feel on a daily basis is just as important as what you put into your body as far as food, herbs, supplements, medications, etc. So, wealth. Wealth is a very interesting uh, concept. When you think about wealth, you think about money. And how it's defined is an abundance of valuable possessions or money, a state of being rich, materially, prosperity, plentiful supplies of a particular resource. So, I like to engage my audience and ask you all some questions and I want to get some feedback from you. So, as far as you are concerned, when you come into the world, what resources do you, do you come into the world with? Energy. Energy. Energy? What else? What did you say? Nope. Yep. You have milk, your mom? Yep. What else? What resources do you come into the world with? Oxygen. Oxygen? Yep. Thought. Thought? Yes. What else? Your senses. Your senses, yeah. We're talking about the physical form. What else? Hmm? Yeah, the physical form, the body. Yeah. That, that equates with all the senses, like, you know, your, your sight, your hearing, your smelling, your tasting, your feeling, all that's tied into that. Your mind. Yes. Body, soul, spirit. Body, soul, spirit, exactly. Those are your resources. That's all you come in here with. So, if we're thinking about wealth, and as it's defined here, I don't know if you can see that little pointer there, but clinical supplies of a particular resource. You have, you named all the resources that you come into life with. Each one of us have these resources. So the question is then, how are you managing them? When you look at the term management, it's the process of dealing with or controlling things or people. And so, those resources you just named to me, that you come into this planet with, who's managing your resources? Now, I want you to think about it for a moment. How many of you all have a television? How many of you have computers, internet access, cell phones? So we're bombarded with information. 
There's something very, very fascinating about your physical design. The brain does not differentiate between what you view on a television screen, what you view on your phone, what you view on a computer, and what you're experiencing right now this morning and you're listening to my boring voice. As far as it's concerned, it's all happening to you and you're experiencing it as you. So if I'm creating television programs, if I'm putting out information in social media, if I'm putting out information on your cell phone, who's managing your resources? Hmm? Yeah, your brain is taking this information in, but who's managing You or me? If I'm providing you with TV programs, providing you with your education, providing you with your cell phone information, social media, who is managing your resources? The one who's providing The one who's providing Exactly. Exactly. And what the fascinating thing is, when you come into life, you're like a blank slate, ready to be infused with programming, infused with information that you now identify as you. If I have the power over what you receive as programming, who's in control? If I the program, if I have the power over your parents who conceived you and brought you into the world, and I'm programming them, who's in control? The program. The program. And this is the situation we find ourselves in today. Now, you, each of you have gone through some experiences in your life thus far that have brought you here this morning. To find out more, to learn more, to educate yourself, in essence, to reprogram yourself. And how we're beautifully designed, the brain can be reprogrammed. Neurons that wire together, fire together. And as you reintroduce information over and over again, you start to create new neural pathways. We call it neuroplasticity. And you now are creating new pathways of thinking, behaving, and feeling. And what's very fascinating is, when you start to shift your consciousness, the body begins to shift as well. And I'm going to show you later on that you can do the exact opposite. And shifting the body, you can shift the consciousness also. So, how many of you are familiar with this word? Sovereignty. <laughs> oh, I like that. Sovereignty. <laughs> Alright, so, as it's defined, sovereignty, supreme power or authority, the full right and power of governing of a governing body over itself without any interference from outside resources or bodies. So based on what we just discussed about who's managing your resources or any of you on your side. No. What's fascinating is this. The body by design is sovereign. You don't need any outside body for your heart to continue beating. You don't need any outside body or source for your body to digest food and provide you with energy. Every cell in itself is sovereign in its own right, in its physical form you have. So if the body by design is sovereign, how did you lose your sovereignty? You willfully or unwillfully gave it away. 
And each moment you go out there in life and you're looking to other people for your information and not tapping into the greatest source you have within, that inner wisdom and knowing, you continue to give away yourself. And I've come across a lot of articles and research over the years, especially in neuropsychology, uh, studying the brain and behavior. And what's very interesting is if I can shape your thinking, if I can shape your perceptions, I can basically control and pretty much determine your outcome in life. And this has been researched for hundreds of years. And there are many individuals out there who have a vested interest in controlling the masses. There's a, a very great documentary I would love, I highly encourage you all to watch. It's about three hours or something long. It's called The Century of Self. And they literally talk about what was done in this country from turning all the people in the U.S. from U.S. citizens into U.S. consumers. And that's how you're actually defined now as consumers. And this was psychologically done by dealing with the irrational mind, the irrational brain. And they go through and show how this was done with uh, Freud's nephew and how he got with these marketing agencies way back when and began to manipulate the masses through their need to have you to buy, to consume. Not think for yourself, not educate yourself, not stand in solitude, but we want you to be consumers. And every last one of us has been programmed into that system for generations. When we talk about the so-called black community, what is the buying power in dollars? And Mm. 1.3 trillion. Yes. How much of that currency stays in the community? <laughs> and so the same exact thing goes on with the body. The body you want to look at it as currency, you have an allotted amount of energy, energy potential in it. And most of us haphazardly, many times out of ignorance, spend that the same way we spend money. There's not really cultivation of resources until the body begins to fail you, then you pack. Now you're trying to run to the hospital, trying to go seek out some herb or something to change your state. But at this moment, you have the capacity right now, here and now, to begin to cultivate these resources that you have, manage them more effectively, and really start to build wealth from the inside out. So one thing that actually comes up when I work with clients, students, and patients alike, is they're like, okay, doc, I know I have some imbalances going on, I know I have a lot happening, but we talk about managing these resources, managing what's going on with me physically, mentally, emotionally, 
spiritually. But how do I begin the healing process? And as I indicated to you all earlier, the body is brilliantly designed, people. Like you are, in a, you really are an amazing example of divinity and how we're structured and, and, and designed. And so, when the body is dealing with any kind of toxin, be it physical, mental, emotional, energetic, it has built within it the capacity to eliminate toxins. And they're primary, we call them primary and secondary elimination pathways. Most illness and disease that you experience is the inability for your body to rid itself of toxins. The moment you start to activate these elimination pathways for cleansing and rejuvenation and healing, extraordinary, extraordinary things can take place. And it's designed this way. That's why I was telling you before up front that as a physician, I can't cure you of anything. And I learned that in the most extraordinary way when I actually did a medical rotation in my fourth year of medical school. I went out well, actually, Northern California, there's a place called True North. And all they did there, it was medically supervised, but all we did is we treated people with water. We put them on medically supervised fast. Some people would fast for three days, fast for seven days. The longest fast we had up there was 44 days. And during that time, I actually witnessed as I was going around, doing my rounds in the morning, checking people's vitals, you know, checking in with them, making sure they're doing okay. What was really amazing to me, things that I was told that are incurable, we only can manage with the proper medication and proper therapies, I was seeing resolving weeks. For example, this woman had type 2 diabetes. Insulin levels were averaging over 400. Her A1C levels were 14 plus. She had approximately over 150 pounds of excess weight. And the medications that she was on weren't stabilizing her blood sugar levels. She came up to the facility within five days of her fasting, her blood glucose levels normalized. No medication, no surgery, just drinking water. And I was like, huh. Once they came off the fast, we gradually brought them back into eating food. First starting off with just juicing, raw fruits and vegetables, and then they went to just eating raw, and then to steam vegetables, and then we would introduce grains, and they maintained a completely plant-based diet the whole time they were there. Everything was organic. They were drinking reverse osmosis water, also very cleansing, and drinking juice. And the two most significant cases that I saw there that blew my mind was a woman who had a hemorrhagic stroke in the left side of her brain, meaning that there's a vessel that ruptured. She lost all functionality and control on the right side of her body. She's confined to a wheelchair. She had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and she had no longer any motor skill on the right side of her body. They told her basically the best we can do is help you be comfortable, try to strengthen up your left side, but you're not going to ever walk again. And she developed what we call Bell's palsy, where the face begins to droop as well. 
when I met her. She had a stroke at 70, I met her at 71. She had lost 100 plus pounds. She went from 240 down to like 145. Actually, it was 135. And she was running around like a teenager. So I was like, I gotta look at the, what, what happened. I gotta look at the records, see how, how is this happening? This is not possible. So I met with her functional neurologist there, and he said, well, yeah. Um, I said, well, what I was taught in medical school is that when nerve cells die, that's it. Because nerve cells can't reproduce themselves. He said, that's correct. But nerves can also regenerate, uh, and new, new, serve, new nerves can come off of old nerves to regenerate and, and, and integrate new pathways. He says, so that nerve that died is gone, but the nerve can stretch itself out and grow extensions and create new pathways. He said, this is what we do. And so in nine months of her being there, she went from that state to running around, and the only thing she still had left was the droopiness, but she couldn't make a smile. She did a two-week juice fast when I was there, and that one day I was always going to mess with her in the morning and make her laugh, and this particular morning she started laughing. And that completely resolved. So she actually now demonstrated and showed no signs of ever having a stroke. That for me did everything. I was like, wow, okay, I really need to know what's going on with this body. The next gentleman was a high power lawyer from Boston who was on dialysis, had 14% kidney function left, and was in need for a kidney transplant. And if he didn't get one, in the next six months, he would not be here. His dialysis was no longer serving. He stayed there for two and a half months. And we couldn't fast him because the fast would actually kill him. It had been too much for his kidneys. So all he ate was just a plant-based food, drinking the juice and eating the food. That's it. Two and a half months, he completely regenerated his kidneys. No need for transplant, no need for dialysis. And also lost like 40 pounds while I was there. So that right there for me told me that my ego about being a doctor got tossed out the door. And that's when I realized that I can't cure you of nothing. <laughs> and that the power that created the body heals the body. And the best thing I can do is help kind of guide and facilitate that power. And I had that epiphany that, oh, how about us teach people to do that for themselves? So forget the practice. Let me go into education. So that's what I did. We and the doctor, we put together different programs to teach people, to help inspire them. And this is what you now have the ability to do for yourself. So when you look at these pathways to help detox and cleanse, and what all these people at this facility went through, the primary four elimination pathways, can everyone see this? Well, you're probably going to have to uh, come over a little bit. But I'll, I'll mention them all. So you have four uh, elimination pathways. You have your breath, you have sweat through skin and lymphatics, breath through our lungs, you pee, through kidneys and urinary bladder, you also poop. Never involved bladder, large intestine involved there. So when you woke up this morning, how many of you pee? Everyone in here, that's what you do. How many of you poop? Okay. Every single morning, folks, you should be peeing and pooping. Clockwork. Clockwork, yes, sir. In the first two hours upon awakening, if that's not happening, what that tells me is that you are constipated. 
And what it also tells me that you're feeding off of your own waste. Because when stool is being formed, it enters into the largest intestine. The largest intestine is formed for absorbing water, also absorbing nutrients back in, so they're not lost in pieces. But if the bowel moves, the stool is not passing through you, after you've been asleep for hopefully eight plus hours, hopefully you've been fasting for at least 12 hours, like you had your last meal, say for instance, you woke up at seven, ideally that last meal you should have was at 7 p.m previous day. And so during that detoxification time, your body's dumping waste into the blood. It's now going to the liver to be filtered and sent into your bile to the intestines to be eliminated from the body through the feces. If you didn't poop in the morning, you'd be absorbing all that waste in the body to a different time. Call it your issues or in your tissues. <laughs> Basically feeding off yourself, feeding off your waste. And so, when we talk about the lungs and the breath, so lungs are responsible for gas exchange, oxygen, carbon dioxide, so oxygen is very alkalizing. How many of you know about alkalizing, alkalizing water and alkalizing foods? The most alkalizing nutrient on the planet is O2, oxygen. So you can alkalize your body just through breathing, but proper breathing. Most of us, we breathe from chest up. You look at a baby they, and their children, they breathe from the abdomen up. And so we're born to breathe using our diaphragm, expanding the belly, impregnating the belly with oxygen, life-giving oxygen, and then that saturates the rest of the lungs and then the rest of the body. That's how we should be breathing on a daily basis. If you're not breathing that way, get into a, a, a mindful practice of just breath work can be life transformed. So, when you're breathing and you're getting oxygen, oxygen is the most alkalizing nutrient and also the key nutrients for energy production. So when you have low O2 counts in your blood, you're more prone to fatigue. Your body becomes very tired. So, Eliminating carbon dioxide, which is very acidifying, is the other responsibility of the breath. So you're inhaling oxygen, exhaling carbon dioxide. If you're breathing very shallow, you keep more carbon dioxide in the body, creating more acidity and creating more disease. So your breath, I always tell people there, is free, for now at least. <laughs> and you can get into a practice that it can transform your life. And I speak from personal experience and just seeing countless students, patients, and clients who have just changed their breath and it changed their lives, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Your sweat. As a kid growing up, I hated water. Water, as it is nasty. I didn't like it. So I put everything else that I could into my body. The body needs water. And we're going to more specifics about that in a few slides down. Our ability to sweat, we get rid of toxins. We all heard about the circulatory system, the heart pumping blood through the arteries and veins. How many of you know about the lymphatic system? Show your hands. All right. So your lymph system, the very fascinating system, is 
responsible for your immune system. And so when you are actually sweating, the immune system is actually getting rid of toxins through the pores of your skin. And the largest organ we have in our body is our skin. And a lot of times when clients come into me, I do an assessment. I'm looking at how they show up physically. Your body will never lie to you. It is your best friend. It will always tell your truth, whether you want to or not. And so, if a person has, you know, skin presentations like acne, you know, uh, scarring on the skin, these kind of things showing up, is a sure tell sign that okay, there's some toxic buildup in the body that we need to purify. All those people at that fasting facility. I've been able to go through the fast, and I don't know how many of you have ever done a fast, your skin begins to glow. Yeah. It's extraordinary. And it's the key organ that lets you know your state of health by assessing it. So, the lymphatic system, being a primary system for immunity, is what really governs this process of ensuring that you're sweating, ensuring that toxins are being eliminated, viruses, bacteria, any kind of fungus that the body may be exposed to, the lymphatic system is key for that. When the lymphatic system becomes stagnant, you know we all have these lymph nodes around the body. The spleen, in essence, is a big lymph node. It's where a lot of these T cells in the lymphatic system are being created, the B cells are being created, and so when you have a stagnant lymph system, you're not going to sweat as much. And the lymph system only flows through one action. Anyone know what that is? No, not sweat. Sweat is a, uh, an effect of the lymph movement. Skin. Nope. Using the bathroom. Say it one more time. Using the bathroom. Using the bathroom. Nope. It's actually moving your body. Running. Moving. Exercise. That's the only way the lymph system and lymph fluid flows. The heart is the pump for blood. The muscles are the pump for the lymphatic fluid. If you're not moving your body, your lymph is stacked. You're not going to sweat as much. You're not going to detoxify as much. Does that make sense? So the kidneys, as I said, they filter out waste, excess fluid, uh, they help regulate your electrolytes, like sodium, potassium. You know, so it's very key that you are urinating well and you're drinking water. Keeping the kidneys flushed and eliminating toxins and waste. How many of you drink half your body weight in ounces of water a day? That's what we recommend. <laughs> That's what we recommend. And so, in doing so, you will see extraordinary things taking place within the body. Folks, when you have adequate hydration, the body has the capacity to heal itself very quickly. And if that hydration is not adequate, toxins stay in the tissues. So it's very important that you're urinating and you're drinking water to urinate. And the last one, as I said, food. Very important. I actually used to wear a shirt in my classes at ASU. 
I pooped today. Did you? Walking to business meetings, wearing it. Have my blazer on, shirt on, yes. <laughs> and it's awkward because people like talking about food. That's disgusting. But we actually, in Nature Lake Medicine, we discuss your food. We ask you how it looks, how it smells, did it float, did it sink to the bottom of the toilet? How long was it? <laughs> was it long enough to stop with your commode? <laughs> because ideally, your poop should be the length of your form. You what the fuck? You little pellets. <laughs> Constipated. And so the body is designed this way. And you look and just like watch, you know, just watch nature. You know, every animal is doing this multiple times a day. How many of you poop more than twice a day? <laughs> good. That's good. I have some, I have some patients, Doc, I, I, they thought it was normal, I poop once a week. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you look like it. <laughs> like, seriously, like, you know, you, you, you have to, you gotta move this way, folks, you gotta get it out of your body. You cannot sit there, it's not designed to sit there. When you were a baby, you were pooping up the whole place. That's right. Food in, food out. That's what we're doing on a daily basis. Over time, under stress and eating the wrong food, finding food wrong, you start to become constipated. So it's very important that you're pooping. Very important. So, you also have a way of eliminating emotional waste. It's through your voice, people. Most folks do not express their emotions. They pissed off about something, you never know. Mouth all tied up, face all tied up, butt all tied up, and walking around. <laughs> and what's sad is that you're holding on these, to these emotions, and these emotions that you're unwilling to express through your voice. And when I mean voice, it's not just the sound coming out of my mouth, but through your physical expression. You know, your movement, just who you are as a being on this planet, your ability to express your voice, who you are, let the world know who you are authentically, is key to the release of unhealthy emotions. If you're internalizing these things, they go into your tissues, they create And so it's through the voice that you're able to eliminate emotional waste. If you're dealing with emotional traumas, a lot of times we get these traumas, especially in childhood, where you don't have the words to express. Then we find ourselves developing issues later on in life. They did a big study back in San Diego with Kaiser Permanente. They basically took like 17,000 people in their adult life. They did a assessment on them. They're looking at adverse childhood experiences. They call it the A study, ACD study. And over the course of this assessment, what was very interesting, what was profound, was that most of the people there who had any kind of adverse childhood experiences, like parents were divorced, single parent home, uh, family member arrested, verbal or physical domestic abuse in the household, these kind of things were going on. What they noticed is that these people were more prone to actually now developing uh, lifestyle choices 
that were risky, like drug use, alcohol consumption, things of this nature, uh, sexual promiscuity. Um, also, their life expectancy was 10 years less than the average. They were more prone to divorce themselves, more prone to jail themselves. All this was going on just from what they experienced in childhood. The very interesting thing is, when you were a child from age zero, from the moment of your conception, up to age seven, remember I said you were a blank slate, you are just taking in information? You're literally, from your brain waves, you're in primarily delta and theta waves. So what that means is, you're walking around in a hypnotic state. And you're being hypnotized by the environment that you encounter. And you're learning everything about life and about who you are and how you show up in life based on the world that you're experiencing without any filters. And so they start observing this like, wow, we need to start looking at, from a medical standpoint, what's going on with the children. Because we're seeing now diseases like heart disease, cancer, diabetes, all these things showing up in these folks who are adults, not realizing there was a connection to what was happening to them in utero when they're being carried by their mother, and also up to age seven when they're being programmed. And they're in this hypnotic state of suggestion. And life is being suggested for them about what it can be and what it is for them. And that becomes internalized. And so when you are in a situation where you have emotions that are just very toxic, very traumatic, and how you experience it has you internalizing this information. If you don't have the ability to express it, to get it out of you, it shows up as disease. Now that's what we see. And this goes on throughout our lives. And so a key thing that must be done is the expression of these emotions that are toxic, that have been traumatic, that you've internalized, and in doing so, you begin to clench, begin to eliminate. Now, ladies, this is just for you. You got another primary cleansing mechanism called the cycle. Period. Moon cycle. And frankly, it's a very, very sacred time. Most of you are not honoring it. In my opinion, during your moon cycle, during your quote-unquote period, it should be a time of nurturing, self-compassion, self-love, not dealing with any drama. I personally feel you should have that time off from work and really spend it at <laughs> really spend that time honoring you. Because what's happening is this. You go through this cycle of the cultivation of an egg, a seed form, a potential life. And you're constantly in this cycle of creation and elimination. And so as this seed form is being eliminated from the body, is a time to cultivate intention. Because women, you have the ability to create with thought inside. You are truly creation incarnate. All life comes through the feminine principle. As men, we have both of those energies, masculine and feminine, as well, but as we manifest in this physical form, we're the masculine expression of it. 
Women, you are the incarnate feminine expression of it, physically here on this planet. And so there are responsibilities that you have as the first teachers of nations, because you teach from the womb. And what's really deep is actually you come into life with all the eggs that you're going to ever have. And I, was a, I put a post up on Facebook a while back about the, the trinity or the triune effect of a woman, a pregnant woman. Because literally, your grandmother was carrying you and your mother. Wow. Because when your mother was inside your grandmother, you were inside your mother. And so based on what grandma was experiencing in her life, was being infused in you as an undeveloped oocyte or egg. And your mother was getting this well. So we have this generational passing of either heaven or hell. And so it's during this time that you have to be very cognizant of what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're exposing yourself to, ladies. Because it's very, very important that future generations right now are being empowered or disempowered based on the choices you make and what you allow yourself to experience mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Does that make sense? And so it's very, very important that during this time, your misses that you honor yourself and you cultivate. I can't reiterate that enough. So those are the primary pathways. We have these others that are secondary pathways. So when the primary pathways get backed up, and they're not working efficiently, we start seeing other things. So these secondary routes of elimination, you can eliminate waste through your hair, through your scalp. You can eliminate waste through your tears. You can eliminate waste through phlegm. Mucus starts to build up in the body. You can eliminate through earwax accumulation, sneezing, coughing, nasal discharge, gas and flatulence, uh, mucus or blood in the stool, and also leucorrhea, excess vaginal secretions for women in here. And these are ways that the body will try to get, get rid of waste through these secondary pathways. Now when these begin to fail, now you start developing disease. The tissues are overburdened, they can't get rid of all because you're out there eating whatever. And one of my mentors, the uh, late great uh, Dr. John Moore would always say, um, you can't heal the body eating dead stuff. That Jesus went out there healing people eating pork chops. <laughs> he said, We're living beings. If you eat dead, you will be dead. And so, when you start noticing these secondary pathways revving up, and you start to see all these presentations starting to show up in the body, it's showing you that, yeah, if we continue to eat a particular way and live in a particular way that's accumulating more toxins, the body comes to the point that, hey, we're done. I quit. I can't do anything else. Because you're not managing the resources that you have. So it's important that you start to look for the signs. Making sure that you're having bowel movements every day. Making sure that you're urinating every day. Making sure that you're sweating every day. Making sure that you're breathing deeply. Correct. So there are five essentials that I like that I think are imperative for health. The first one is getting organic, nutrient-dense foods in your body. The next one, as I talked about earlier, maintaining proper hydration. 
talk about all of these in a little more detail so you, you really see the benefits of it. Getting proper sleep. And guess what the number one cause of death is? Sleep deprivation. Like, what? No, cancer, heart disease. The body, folks, can only heal when you're sleeping. And if you're not getting adequate rest, you cannot do that. <clears throat> I have a question. Yes, sir. Can four hours be considered adequate rest? Cultivate the body enough. And I, I did this, I, I, whatever I share with people, I like to do it myself first. I don't like talking from theory. I like talking from truth. Yo, so when I was studying Chinese medicine in LA, we were doing Qigong every day, Tai Chi Chuan. I was completely plant based, eating a completely plant based vegan diet, getting juices every day. I was in a very loving environment there at the Chinese medical school where I was living in LA. Hanging out on the beach all the time, so life was good. I started noticing that I was getting tired around 10, 10.30. I was in bed, I was up by no later than 3 a.m. And I was like, what's going on? I need to be sleeping more. And the thing was, when I woke up at 3 a.m., I had energy for the whole day. I wasn't tired, I didn't get those swamps in the middle of the day, I didn't take naps. I had energy the entire day, and I was doing a lot of stuff. And I'll get sleepy again around 10 to 30 pounds a day. And this went on for over a year. And so when it initially started happening, I went to the doctor, had a full workup. I'm suffering insomnia. I don't know what's going on. They ran all these tests. Are you stressed? You know, no, I'm good, feeling good there. My blood work came back all good. No high cortisol levels or anything like that. My adrenals are working efficiently, HPA axis, hypothalamus, pituitary gland, all that's working well but I could not go to sleep. So I went to one of my Chinese medical doctor instructors. I'm like, hey, I don't know what's going on. She, she, she did my pulse. She did a tongue diagnosis. She's like, my dear, your chi is strong. Mm -hmm. Like, my chi is strong. So I'm like, yeah, I'm doing some cultivation with some <laughs> 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 You have a lot of vital force and life force energy. No, there's nothing wrong with you. She said, this is your natural state when you are really healthy. She said, you're not requiring a lot of energy. She said, you have a very high, strong energy field. She said, so enjoy this. Take advantage of this energy and this time that you've been afforded and do some intelligent things. It is to be well. Be productive. 3 a.m. in the morning, meditate. Get your vision right for the day. This is a great time to create. And so, in those situations, yeah. So I'm good, because I'm vegan. Yeah, but <laughs> you get vegan, but you still find yourself sleepy, that's the indication right there. You should not be sleepy in the day if you want to take a nap. And so, your energy levels should still be high. If you're not, then yeah, we need to look at what's going on to make sure you're getting proper rest. No, I'm, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> All right, yes, ma'am. I Oh, good question. Thank you for asking. I grew up with four sisters and a mother in the household. So, when you are having a very painful, heavy bleeding menstrual cycle, it's, 
indicative that the body is very toxic. Because your cycle should be pain-free. And it should last no more than three days, and there should be light pain. And when you're demonstrating anything other than that, it's the body's way of eliminating excess toxins. And these toxins for you all ladies is very fascinating. Um, when I was working in fertility, one thing we started to notice is that women, when you go through mental, emotional, physical traumas, you store those traumas in your breast tissue and your uterine and ovarian tissues. And we were dealing with a lot of women who had ovarian cysts, uterine fibroids, you know, cysts developing in the breast. And it was all this stuff originally acupuncture on them, homeopathy, viral feedback, taking them through detoxes. And what was very interesting is that they began to purify these things, these things went away. Their emotions became more stable. Their menstrual cycles became less traumatic for them. And next thing you know, they were actually conceiving, many of them were able to see naturally, because now their body was in a sustained state with the greater work life. And so during the cycle, yeah, when you start to feel pain also too, a lot of pain will show up when there's a lot of nutrient deficiencies, and particularly your B vitamins. So you know, most times when women are saying, I'm dealing with cramps and things of that nature, I said, make sure you have adequate magnesium in the body, also B vitamins, all the B vitamins. And I'll give you some examples of foods that you can get these things in. <clears throat> so, good question. So we talked about proper sleep, moving your body, folks. Your body only has one purpose. One purpose only, to move. It has no other purpose on this planet. It's to keep you moving, it's to help you navigate this plane of existence and express your divinity here on this planet. Every cell, every organ, every tissue works to this end and this end alone. When you stop moving, guess what starts to happen? It starts to shut down. And most of the people, the geriatric population, our elders, when they were coming to see us in the medical centers, the biggest issue we had with them was the lack of movement. We started getting them moving their bodies again. Voila! Their dishes started going away magically. And so this is what's very important. Your body is designed to move. It has no other purpose. So you have to move. You have to keep it engaged. And last but not least, the breath. Your breath. How long can you go without food? Without the body dying? Right 
Oh, so, okay. as long as I see the point. So, there's me moving, right? What about options? Yeah. So, the thing that is most important is your breath. It's the thing you can go least without, the thing we do the worst at. Especially when we get upset. We all up in the chest, chest out, breathing shadow, holding it. No, that's when you need to breathe. And watch how your emotions shift. Start breathing from the ashes. sometimes. So nutritious foods, I'm talking about whole foods, foods that come from the earth, none of this processed stuff. Like all this lump stuff over here that y'all might eat. <laughs> These are whole foods. Didn't take any interference from man. So chopping it up for you. Nutrient-dense foods. The body is designed to consume nutrient-dense foods. When we talk about nutrient-dense foods, what is nutrient density? Nutridicity means the amount of combined nutrients in any given food per calorie. And so when you have nutrient-dense foods, the more nutrients in that food, the more caloric potential energy you actually have. And also, you feed these wonderful guys here that are called your mitochondria. They're responsible for all the cell you make, all the cellular energy you make in your body. And your cells have thousands of them within and they're responsible for all the energy production. You have enough mitochondria in you to literally, as one individual, you have enough energy capacity to power a city. That's why remember the uh, Matrix? They call those little Duracell copper top batteries? It wasn't, they weren't, that wasn't sci-fi. That's literally your body has enough power to generate a lot of energy. But we don't experience it. And like I said, many of us are like teased and dealing with these things, but it has this capacity when it's getting the appropriate nutrients that it needs. So nutrient density is most essential in your mitochondria to provide that energy and really allow you to express your body to the fullest. So I always say, tell people this, if you're feeling fatigued and tired, make sure you get nutrient-dense foods, but also find purpose. It's not only about the food, but it's also about purpose, having direction, reason for being. That was driving. And so, how many of you, when you were kids, on the first day of school, you're like so excited you can't sleep? <laughs> yeah. I have my clothes all laid out. Everything's clean, you're ready to go. And mom put me in bed like 8:30. I could not sleep the whole night. I'm like, oh man, let me grab my help, my new Nikes, my Puma suit, I'm rocking all kinds Got my book bag, my new lunchbox, and it's like, okay, yeah, I'm about to be lit. I'm like, yeah, great. All this energy because I had purpose and intention for that day. So when you wake up with purpose and intention, your body will afford you more energy. But if you wake up like, damn, I hate my job. <laughs> I wish I could just lay back down and put the covers on my head, or you're in a relationship, like, oh, I don't even want to roll and look at this person. <laughs> or the children got you all upset, and you're just not satisfied with your life. Your body's like, okay. They want enough energy to be depressed, and their wishes are command. And your mitochondria respond to your thoughts, your thinking, your perception. So if you are literally in a place where you have no purpose, no direction, or no great intention that inspires you, your body will afford you all the energy to accommodate that state that you do intend for yourself. This anger, frustration, dislike, depression, whatever it is, 
it will give you enough to sustain that state. So the purpose is key, as well as making sure you get into this food. Does that make sense? So some good examples, like I said, be complex. Like these are the nutrients that you need for energy production. Be complex, alpha lipoic acid, which is a fatty acid, CoQ10, acetyl L-carnitine, which is a amino acid derivative, magnesium, iron, copper, and like your green superfoods are very rich in these things. Also vitamin C is key. So for B vitamins, like you have B1, B2, B3, B5, B6, B7, or other B vitamins, as well as I'm not going to talk about those here. Uh, with these primary ones that you can find out there, so for B1, for example, uh, sunflower seeds, black beans, green peas, Brazilian nuts, spinach, peas, things like that. Um, and what, what I'm going to do, DJ, uh, is if we can get everyone's email address and stuff. That's going to be an intake form. Okay, great. So I'm going to send you all this PowerPoint. So you, I see folks are trying to get this all done. <laughs> 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 Make sure you push your email on the intake bar. Yeah. <laughs> so, Legibly, please. So, yeah, so I'm not going to go through all these things here because you will have access and you can read it at your leisure, alright? But yeah, the body has these nutrients that are key for energy. You have more muscle strength. You also, which is really big, is anti-aging. When you start eating well, the body doesn't age. That's you're putting living foods in it. Dead foods, death, living foods, life. That's the simple equation. Um, greater stress tolerance. You're able to deal with stress much more effectively. Uh, you heal faster. More, easier cellular repair. You have a stronger immune system, so you're not getting sick or getting infections as easily. Um, faster memory call. Greater uh, mental focus. Like, how many of you have had this, kind of go back to the memory call, how many of you have had situations where you walk into a room and you're like, I'm not coming here for a <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's an acetylcholine issue. Acetylcholine, one of the key neurotransmitters for memory and recall. And acetylcholine, you need protein, amino acids to create acetylcholine in the body. And so, getting nutrient dense foods in, you will afford yourself that. Mental focus. Also, greater sexual endurance. You last a little longer. <laughs> have a little more satisfaction. <laughs> this is what can happen when you get in the trust me. I'm speaking from personal experience. <laughs> you can do a lot more. And your partner will be happy. <laughs> Ex-girlfriend still call. <laughs> Faster metabolism, meaning that you can lose weight very easily because you're getting the nutrients in to break down fat and utilize it as an energy source. Also, with fat, folks, fat is not your enemy. And I always tell people, I'm trying to lose some weight, I'm trying to help myself out, and I always tell them, fat is not your energy, enemy at all. Fat is like your best friend. Fat takes it for the team. When the body, when the body is dealing with, when it's dealing with some toxins that it can't get rid of, the liver's like, yo, I don't know what we can do with this here. And the kid's like, don't sit it down out here. I ain't touching it. The fat's like, I got it. And it'll hold it. Until the body can figure out what to do with it. So all fat is is stored energy, stored potential energy when you utilize. So when you start moving the body, you're eating nutrient-dense foods, you start improving metabolism, you start burning fat more efficiently, and then those things that the fat was storing can now be released. Now the caveat to that is this, those stored toxins, they get in the bloodstream, they don't feel good. They don't feel like crap. You had crap eating. And 
And so most people, when they have that situation going on, they actually, uh, this fast don't work, or this is not working, they stop, and they go back eating pork chops. They feel good again, and the toxins go back into the fat, so they can release it. So if you can, if you can endure that time not feeling good, it's going to feel great. More energy, more vitality, sort of more nutritious foods you put in, organic nutritious foods you put in your body, the more amazing you're going to feel. I promise you, it's how you design it's law. Natural law. So uh, another key thing, you have what is called a gut microbiome. You have these bacteria that live in your intestines. It's the gut microbiome. And it's like its own little world, own little ecosystem, own little universe. And it's responsible, folks, for not only your immunity, but also these bad boys can influence you in a very holistic way. And so when you're eating nutritious foods, you feed them. You help their populations become more healthy and large. And so that's very key. So areas that you actually can really uh, impact with these bacteria in your gut. Your fat tissue it helps fat metabolism. Uh, your skeletal muscles help support the utilization and nerve innovation of skeletal muscles. Also, your liver, the liver detoxification, energy production, cardiovascular health, uh, your eye health, ocular health, uh, oral health, immune modulation, as I already said about the immune system. Also, these bad boys affect your mood and behavior. We've actually had experience where people have been dealing with depression and anxiety, and they've been told that they got to go on these. SSRIs, ser uh, serotonin um, uptake inhibitors, they gotta do all these uh, different drugs to make themselves feel better. You would give them probiotics, large doses of lactobacillus and bifidobacterium, in a matter of two days, their mood changed. These bacteria actually affect you. They live in concert with you, and they influence your mood and behavior. And, if I, and I, I can actually change your gut floor, I can completely change your life. And literally, we have, excuse me, we have actual bacteria, and this is what we did also. Um, when you have like a, for like C. diff, Clostridium difficile is a bacteria that causes a lot of diarrhea and can be very, you know, dangerous. So what they would do is, they start doing stool implants. They literally would take stool and implant it in the person's rectum. And basically repopulate their gut floor with these new bacteria that would kill off the C. diff. So, obviously you got to worry about where the stool comes from, where's the source of it. So this woman who has Cedar, she got a stool from her daughter and lived in the same house. So the gut bacteria would be kind of similar, so that's okay. So they did the stool, transplant, implant for her mom. The thing was this, her daughter was severely overweight. Mom had a natural average size. She actually was on the thin side. They implanted the stool. Within three weeks, she went up 20 pounds. Over the next month and a half, she was up another 50. And she couldn't lose the weight because the bacteria basically created the same environment that her daughter had for a predisposition for weight gain. So she started gaining weight. Mm -hmm. And that's when, and that had never happened before. And you're like, whoa. It was never thought about that actually the bacteria can actually modulate what kind of body temple you possess. 
And by shifting it, it can change the body too. And so, making sure that these gut bacteria are healthy and they're growing in healthy populations can have a profound impact on the across the board. Yes, sir. Uh, what's a good product recommendation for good probiotics? Or can you get it naturally from? You can get it naturally from like fermented foods and stuff. Doc, what would you say to that as far as a supplement? Um, honestly, um, you want to do more fermented foods, you know, like kombucha and okay. uh, different like bikabas, yogurts. Yeah. I find that that works the best. There's tons of different probiotics, but yeah. food-based, fermented, better. And the best way to go sauerkraut. Of course. That's Dr. Abbas uh, Bazzi here, a good friend of mine, good colleague, good brother to know. He's actually local here in Michigan, so definitely uh, good access here with him. Um, yes, ma'am. Uh, one thing we use to keep our, like, uh, bowels moving, we use wheatgrass. Oh, yeah. Chlorophyll. Oh, nice. That's like the black seed oil. Yes, oh, yeah. That's like an almain. You're talking language now, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's that science. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Chlorophyll, hydro, uh, uh, froxacin. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, like all those things are very detoxifying, very cleansing. Chlorophyll actually has the same molecular structure as our hemoglobin. Mm -hmm. So you can literally build new blood and clean the blood. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. And so the key thing is when you get chlorophyll, chlorophyll makes your leafy greens, your collard greens green. So the more greens you eat, the more detoxification you can have. So, as I said, make sure you support the microbiome with the nutrition and also provide support to like fermented foods. There are also probiotic products out there. Like Pure Encapsulation is a Good uh, brand that I've used in the past and recommended for clients. So that that's when you you know use, but definitely the fermented foods are key. So uh, one thing I want you to know, like when you find changes, like what, I want you to hear this here. I wrote this down because uh, I thought it was very important. When you find changes, when we find changes in ourselves, when we actually change our bodies, this is when like so. For example, if you want to accomplish, you got a goal in mind you want to accomplish yourself. A lot of times we take that idea and we're trying to adapt ourselves to that idea we have in our minds. You can have more success by changing your diet. Because when you create a new vibration here, you're now able to receive more inspiration and more clarity of thought also, you now have the energy to carry out the action necessary. You can recognize the action more thoroughly, and opportunities more thoroughly, because you purified this. So through the diet, you can do extraordinary things. So I highly recommend it. You know, just if you got an idea, you got a seed form idea that you want to bring into manifestation, start with the gut, start with the diet, start with your food. Start Increasing the vibration rate of your food, and you start increasing your vibration and attracting to you those things that you desire in your life. I've seen it personally in my own life, and I've consulted with many other people and helped guide them to do something the same thing. It just works, folks. So, proper hydration, uh, maintaining proper hydration uh, within your body. Um, there's one biochemical or physiological process that does not require water. So, again, if water is not readily available, you cannot carry out biochemical or physiological processes in the body. And the key thing is that our bodies are roughly between 55 to 60% water. 
So if you're not consuming enough water, you're not able to sustain this body. What are some of the benefits really quickly here? Balancing pH, better memory, excellent sleep, weight loss, nothing. You cannot lose weight if you're dehydrated. You will not have to. You have to have water on hand. Healthy teeth and gums, it lowers your blood pressure, uh, helps regulate the bowel movements, healthy and amazing skin as we already talked about. So a lot of great benefits for water consumption. Again, the recommendation, half your body weights in ounces. And you will start to see amazing results. They've actually done some tests. One woman, she did a gallon a day. And she did a, she did a, a month challenge of consuming a gallon a day. And what was very interesting is, she literally had, she took a picture of herself when she started, and she was done, all the wrinkles that went on her forehead and then her face were gone. Because when you start losing water hydration in the skin, it starts to wrinkle, you start losing elasticity. Collagen begins to decrease in the tissue of the face because collagen is very water dense. So the more hydration you have, the better. An easy way to assess if you are dehydrated is this nice little skin test. You pull on the skin, if it doesn't go bounce automatically back down, it's like slow to go back down, it's an indication that you're dehydrated. It's a quick way to let yourself know. Everybody's gonna do it. And so we talk about the sleep, folks. Again, having enough sleep is very key. Getting seven plus hours of sleep is essential and as I said earlier, your body only heals when you are at rest. So there's a little uh, formula we use for sleep. So we spent them on the 12-hour window. So digestion is one of the most energy-consuming functions of the blood. 80% of your energy people go to digestion when you eat. And so turkey's got a bad rap. I'm here to defend the turkey. At Thanksgiving, you're like, oh man, it's the tryptophan, turkey the tryptophan. No, your body was like, okay, this fool's on eight, five course meals, apple pie, pound cake, big old glass iced tea, and now they're going back for a second help. And you pass out on the couch. Your body knocked your behind out because you lost your mind. Because you use so much energy, it cannot even sustain itself anymore because 80% of your energy goes to digesting your food. And if you're eating all this food, it's like, you're tripping. And this is what happens at Thanksgiving every time. Like, oh my God, watch the game, I was out, ass out on the couch. Trip the fan, trip the fan, turkey. No, ate too much food. The body could not sustain itself. So, eating adequately. Keep it in mind that there's a 12 hour, 12 hour window for true healing at night because the body's going to use 80% of this energy to break down the food. So at 12 hour after your evening meal or smoothie, leave a 12 hour window before having your morning smoothie or meal. If you have your evening meal, smoothie at 7 p.m., that was it, you ate it, it was at 7 p.m., you have your morning smoothie or meal at 7 a.m. You give yourself 12 hours of a fast. The reason why is because 
the body sends a signal to go deep into detox mode approximately eight hours after your last meal. So you up there having your hagen dogs at midnight. <laughs> and then, or your dose of hog, as I like to call it, and you wake up at five in the morning. Your body's still trying to break that all down. You haven't healed and detoxified anything. And all those toxins the body needs to get itself rid of, out of your brain and every other tissue in your body, stays in your body. And if you're not pooping the morning on top of that, you got serious trouble on your hands. So the window is eight hours for digestion, four hours for deep cleaning. Total twelve hour window. Does that make sense? So next thing as I talked about, the purpose of the body is to move. And so in moving your body, you help continue its design and purpose. And you help facilitate healing. Remember, the lymphatic system moves by what? Movement. The muscles pump lymph fluid. So you've got to keep this thing moving. And if any of you have like a desk job, get up in there. Like I, like I have folks, you know, I used to do it myself. I was working in consulting and I had a desk job for a while. I would get down there. I'm in there doing like tips, you know, working it out. Get in there doing squats. I'm about, people come in my office like, what's going on? Don't mind me. Just go and watch your business. I'm like, literally, keep your body moving. Especially if you sit down for eight hours a day, you know, with an hour of lunch. Yeah. You have to engage your body. It does. It does. Same thing. Especially with you you're, you're sitting too long. The body is in a sedentary, dormant state. You have to engage it. So if you're a truck driver, stop. Go out. Get a run in. Come see me. Yeah, go start a business. So the key thing before when you move your body half enjoy it. You don't have to be this thing up in the gym, oh my god, and all this kind of stuff. If that's what you like, that's what you love, that's what you do. But if it's going dancing, great way. Going back to the extended energy in the bedroom, that's a great way to move your body as well. Get into them bedroom gymnastics. Well, you eat. This is the thing. Good question about diet, folks. How many want to increase your lifespan? So what we've seen in the studies is that a light meal in the morning, the key thing is nutrient dense. Pop-tarts and waffles and cornflakes in the morning. Eating whole foods, which is just foods in the morning, you don't need a lot. Making sure you get adequate fat and protein in the morning are key. Most folks do the exact opposite. They're stuffing themselves with carbohydrates and they crash in the middle of the day and take a nap. Sleeping between one and three because that energy from that sugar and those carbs is done. And you have no metabolic reserves to last until you need to take a nap. So, key thing is healthy fats and protein in the morning. Like for me personally, I have, I literally will have salmon and spinach, or avocado and something. Like my diet basically consists from 80% plant-based, 20% animal-based protein. Then I, as I come into the summer, it's 100% plant-based because I don't need as much 
dense foods and how my constitution is, I have a little more in the winter. And that's why I went by myself. Everyone's different. DJ's completely 100% plant-based across the whole year. And that works So you gotta know your body, understand yourself, and then, again, what I said, managing your resources. You're the sovereign here. So making sure you're getting nutritious foods in the morning. The midday meal is your most heavy. When the sun's at its highest, you have the most capacity for hydrochloric acid, stomach acid, to break down that meal. So the midday meal needs to be your most heavy. So you only really have one major meal a day. And a light meal in the evening, a salad or something like that. What we've seen in the research, eating that way will add 10 years to your life expectancy. Because, guess what? You're giving yourself now that energy that will go to a major dinner or supper is now going to heal so the body's able to repair and regenerate. So the more you can do that, the more life expectancy you should have. Does that make sense? And the last thing here, folks, is the breath. When you, everyone for a moment right now, I want you to do something. We're going to do a quick little exercise. I want you to kind of just get yourself relaxed. Sit up straight. And I want you to take a very slow, deep inhalation in through the nostrils and allow your abdomen to breathe into the belly, basically impregnate your belly with sacred air. And you're giving birth. Just allow that deep inhalation to go in and as you exhale, allow the belly to contract. The fascinating thing what you just did. Not only did you alkalize your body and give it all the nutrients that it needed, you actually touched every other life form on this planet. The air on this planet has not changed before. The air doesn't go out into space and come back in renewed. It's the same air. And what's very fascinating with this concept is that when you breathe, not only do you touch every life form that's been existing, but you also touch every life form that has ever existed. And also eating that will exist. So it makes you eternally connected to all. It really shows you the oneness of yourself. And so it's through your breath that is most sacred to give you the opportunity to really not only heal yourself, but find connection with all life here on this planet. Does that make sense? So, really allowing yourself to purify yourself through breath. I can tell you the simplest, most easy, cheap thing you can do is just change your breath. And so, as I said, it's al alkalizing, and most important thing is, it is free. I'm still tripping about the water. Not that you're free anymore. That's funny to me. But then there's about me acquiring your own land with a body of water on it. So you can stay yourself or digging your own well, and these are the kind of things you can do. And that's another aspect of sovereignty that I let the other brothers talk to you all about. <laughs> Not my specialty of expertise. <laughs> so that's it, folks. Questions? Yes, sir. Uh, what do you suggest for people that work with me? Stop. <laughs> Seriously, and the reason why is this if you're working midnight, then you can pay you at least four times your salary because you're cutting your life. Personally, yeah, that's real talk. The body is not designed to work during those times. And get with this brother here, change your destiny as far as your financial direction. 
Yeah, because I worked at a chicken factory in South Carolina. For three weeks, I lasted. Gold kiss. And we would, I was working from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. I was 18. I had that vital force and energy. But I was in a very toxic environment. My job made me stop eating chicken altogether. <laughs> My job was to cut off all the tumors, cancers, and pops I found in the chicken that came across the air. You said what? And when I delivered up, if you are consuming chicken, make sure it is a whole chicken that you buy. Whole chicken. Because if you're getting chicken parts, more than likely you're eating a diseased animal. Especially if it's not organic. Free range grass fed. Because in a factory that I'm working at, Goldkiss, they do they provide 40% of the chicken in the United States and around the world. And we would literally grow a chicken from an egg in an incubator to a full-grown chicken in four to six weeks. Through steroids, hormones, and everything else we're pumping into these animals to get them to production. And because when you inject Steroids and hormones are something you're growing it rapidly. Cancer has no choice but to develop. Pops and these other diseased tissues have no choice but to develop because of that. And so my job was to cut me, and they told me when I first got there, when you see gray, green, or black, or any kind of masses, cut them off, throw those in a special bin over here, and you throw the rest in a USDA bin that would come from the expect. So they put the gray on that. That's the that you do at Popeyes and then Grover's and everywhere else. And, and so, I wanted to know what they did with the chicken cancer stuff. Okay, turn in. One morning I got off. Went for the guy. He said, oh, you don't know? Jump on a little trolley, went around the other side of the plant. They literally took these big bins and put them on this conveyor belt. They got dumped into this big back kind of machine. And they were, it was ground all up. Uh, then mixed yeah. with feed and fed back to the chickens. Oh, they had a zero waste policy. <laughs> and after that, I was done. I walked out there and said, Oh my God. So, this is kind of stuff, so making sure that if you're working that kind of night, brother, it's, it's toxic to you. You're doing your acids are going up in your body, your body's not able to detoxify, heal. Like I said, the only time you can heal is when you're sleeping. But what's happening because you're off your circadian rhythm. Especially as melanated people, your melanin can only regenerate itself and sustain this body and melatonin as well. These things go hand in hand. They can only they reach their peak of productivity at night. You're working. You're up, so that's not being done. There's an actual metabolite in melatonin called penalty. That melatonin basically reaches its height of metabolism between, at basically around 11 p.m. Between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. it starts to metabolize. Penalty is one of the metabolites. So any imagery that you see during that time, preferably you should be dreaming, ideally going into some meditation before you go to bed, think about envisioning what you intend for your life, being going into that imaginative world, saying this is what I want to create for myself as you go into your sleep. Whatever imagery that comes up, that is infused with penalty and metabolite, and that's infusing every cell in your body. 
So now the messaging in the body is based on the imagery that's taking place during that time. So if you're up, what kind of work do you do? Oh, uh, the CNC factory. Okay, so you're in a factory. So that's the imagery that you're now encoding all your cells with. And what that does is this. Your cells get that messaging. They have no choice but to produce it. So perpetuate this cycle of existence. So, <laughs> and yeah, that works things out. We're here and not here, yes sir. Yeah, I understand that because I uh, like love to run this truck drive out here. And it's very taxing. Yeah. It's serious. When I, when I got off the road, I was literally like a month before not doing anything. Mm -hmm. But what I did do, like you said, if you are, keep something with you, keep a jump rope or something. Get out of your truck, move around. Yes, sir. This stuff is taxing, man. Yes. You know, you're putting yourself on the line and find these companies, they don't care. They, they, you replace you they don't care, they want you to run. Like I said, who is managing the resources? Are you the sovereign or is Jimmy up in the office running your situation? And so you have to make some serious choices around your life. Because the beautiful thing is this, there's not a person on the planet, and I say this to both of you all, but actually all of you here in the YouTube and shit, there's not a person on the planet that will ever see the world through your eyes when you do. It makes you unique to life. And I mean, life has never witnessed you before. No will it ever witness you after you're gone. So it makes you very unique and also eternal. And, and you have a message that the world needs that only you can give. So if you're working some job that is meaningless, just for a buck, and you're not utilizing this great tool you have that's called a mind to exercise your imagination and your creative ability to brothers and both of you, you could potentially have life transforming solutions that you're unable to access because of the choices that you've made thus far. But the beautiful thing is, you have the choice to choose otherwise. So it's something to definitely explore for yourself. But I say that to all of you, but if you two in particular. Yes, sir. Well, I just looked at my face. Like these two glands on the side of my face here. Mm -hmm. Any kind of seasoning, I'll eat something out, they'll activate. So mm -hmm. listening to you, I have these pockets in my body like this because it just tears my face uh, up. Yeah. And I'm the opposite from them. I don't come tired. Well, and I just sit around. So, yeah, so that's another thing I'm going to say. My dad, I was talking to my dad back home uh, this past week, and he's retired military now. Uh, he's been military for 26 years. Retired Sergeant Major. Yes. And so they told him when he was about to retire, it's the Sergeant Major. If you don't do anything, your life expectancy is five years from this day. Because you've been in a condition where you've been engaged in that activity of the military for all those years. And then two years later he had a stroke. Two years later he was gone. Because he had no more any purpose. So as I said, not only is nutrient-dense foods important, but you have to find purchase. And so he tells me, he said, I'll retire when I take my last breath. And I'm following that myself. If I'm 90, I'm still going to be kicking. And I met a gentleman who actually retired as a chef at 90. He moved to Arizona with his wife and started another business in massage and body work on folks. And he checked out here at 110. And so that is what is possible for you. 
but it takes you to find the purpose for yourself, you know, as well as what you need to do for this body. Like you're Any other questions? Hold on, excuse me, because we still have two oh, more yeah, yeah, come up. We gonna do Q and A. We had chopped it short enough, like the last like 30 minutes, and we let everybody gather around, communicate with everyone else, because I want y'all to be able to get the other information. Right. Well, thank you all. Let's do it.